In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. I am really excited about this next thing that we're going to be talking about. This is actually going to become a series of posts. Basically culminating with how can we create a supportive, empowering pelvic PT community online. And we're going to talk about this for three episodes in a row. We really want to unpack some of this stuff. We've heard from so many of you guys, literally hundreds of you guys have commented on things that we've said about this. We were talking about this in Julie Weeb's interview, who has a very love-hate relationship with social media. I know a lot of you guys do as well. And really the underlying problem that we're seeing is that there's a lot of anxiety around posting on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you are, because you're concerned about what your colleagues are going to think about your patient-focused posts, that you're going to be basically called onto the carpet for, what's the evidence for that? Yeah, where did you get that information to put that on a post in this way? First of all, I just want to say that that we're really appreciative of all of you people that listen to this podcast. I really have come now to love this long form content of this podcast because we can at this point dive into some of the nuances and the concepts that we really want to help us get across. And so I just want to say just real quick, thanks so much for just listening here because I feel like this is going to give us an opportunity to really kind of unpack the issue without having it to be a soundbite on a video on Instagram or a character limit on Twitter. So we're really stoked about that. So the genesis of this whole thing that, that Jesse and I have been now talking about pretty incessantly over the last like few weeks now was the genesis was, you know, you guys know that we have Nicole Cozine DPT, which is my practitioner, more focused practitioner stuff on Instagram. But we also run Pelvic Sanity, which is the clinic's patient-focused Instagram feed. Okay, we've got over 20,000 followers there. It's awesome. We really work hard to educate patients about the benefits of pelvic PT, what we can help, all the diagnoses, all the things, just like many of you guys have. Now, on that post, not too, on that feed, not too long ago, we had a post that basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, but the gist of it was that every single person in pregnancy can benefit from pelvic PT. And one of the comments that I got on that feed was another pelvic PT basically asking me, to provide evidence for that statement and challenged the fact that I should even be saying that is it true that everybody can benefit from pelvic PT in pregnancy? Where's the evidence to support what you said? Okay. Now that definitely 
that triggered me for sure because for as much work as I do in the pelvic PT huddle and on Nicole Cozine DPT, like I'm real big about understanding what the, like read between the lines on the posts that we have. Like who is this post trying to help? This post was trying to help patients. And frankly, if you're a pelvic physical therapist that doesn't believe that we can benefit people during pregnancy, regardless of if they have symptoms, then you need to re-question like whether or not you should be a pelvic PT. That being said, this really sparked for us trying for us to our me to articulate why that really bothered me so much. And right? it is nails on a chalkboard with that because there's a couple of different things with posts like that. But what we really want to get to is defining why these are so harmful to the pelvic PT profession and by extension to patients and what we can do instead. What can we actually, instead of just saying, hey, this is a problem, we need to go one step beyond. First of all, we do need to acknowledge that it is a problem and it's something that we see over and over again. And so many of you guys have written in, we're going to actually read some of the comments that we've got demonstrating why this is a problem. So really, this is why we've kind of talked about this as a three-part podcast. We're going to have a couple other episodes coming out. One is specifically going to be about what is the evidence for that, why that question is so problematic. There's a lot that goes into that. And we're going to dive into that in a lot of detail along with some alternatives. But I mean, just off the top of your head, first of all, it's pretty passive aggressive because it basically just means I disagree with what you're saying. I need you to prove it. It's also lazy because if you disagree with something, the onus is on you to say why you disagree with it. And it is just not appropriate for a patient-focused post that is frankly not that controversial. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's not that you're saying something that is, you know, it's not like we're telling people to drink bleach, right? <laughs> this is like, ooh, what's the worst that could happen with this? Somebody who's having a healthy pregnancy goes in to see a pelvic PT, gets checked out, and they're like, hey, ship shape, you're fine. Yeah, Hashtag wellness, like, like that's hello. The worst that could <laughs> happen at that post, right? But this is something that, you know, we just see so much. And I want Nicole maybe can go through some of the comments that we got on these posts because these are things that really resonated with a lot of you guys. And I'm glad that it's not just us because this is something that I think really does have a chilling effect on the field and on our ability to educate patients. And I think that the, that chilling effect is sort of underlying. And I think that the post that I ended up doing about around this issue on Nicole Cozine DPT ended up really kind of bringing to light some of those things. And I think that anybody that's saying like, ah, that's not that really that big of a deal. You need to get over it and just post. That's the problem because it's hard to get over this fear when it runs really deep. And so one of my posts on Nicole Cozine DPT was, Dear Pelvic PTs, your language in the clinic or online doesn't have to be technically perfect in order to help patients. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. And in that caption, we talk a lot about the fact that we've had who else is anxious about what they're posting and overthinks and has to have ever a citation to back up every word that they say on social media and that they're not doing, they're not posting and they're fearful of the evidence police and the PT police, as many people said, on there. And so I'm going to read a couple of comments that I feel like really show what actually a big problem this is, right? 
So one person said, hey, this perfectly sums up why I keep putting off starting to post actual content. I'm terrified of this. Someone else said, I sounds like a pep talk I give myself right before I post anything, right? If we have to have a pep talk about posting something on Instagram, there is a problem, you guys. Another musculoskeletal physio said that she was scared to share the things Scared to share things on her feed for fear a pelvic PT would tell me it's not my place or I don't know enough. Okay. Again, we're talking about physio to physio, PT to PT having a problem when that physio is trying to post to help patients. Another person said, I can admit to fearing the PT police. Someone else said, I often don't post out of fear of being trolled by our own colleagues And somebody else said this post, meaning the post that I said, will now save me so much time now that I feel like I can post without having a citation for literally everything I type. I'm already feeling the anxiety going down. And that's just a few of them. I encourage you guys to go look at everybody that happened to comment on there because it's not just those one, two, three, four, five, six things. There was a ton of comments on there about basically... A lot of us are fearful, anxious, terrified, all of those real negative words to put our information out there to patients, not because we're afraid of what patients are going to say, not because we're afraid of what physicians are going to say, but what we're freaking afraid that other pelvic PTs are going to say, and that is some bullshit. Yes. More worried about being judged by other pelvic PTs than communicating with patients, especially in, in language that they can understand that it doesn't have to be a citation. So we wanted to talk about this because we hope this series is going to be your permission, that your posts don't have to pass the PT test. They don't have to use citations. They don't have to use technical language that your people can't understand. They don't have to sound like they're written for pelvic PTs. They don't need to explain every caveat and nuance in every little thing. You don't have to feel the, the need to provide the evidence for that to anybody who asks you. Totally. Especially on Instagram. You know, I think a contrast to this, which kind of goes into the same thing. And Jesse, tell me what you think about this. You know, when we were writing the interstitial cystitis solution, there were many times, many, many, many times when, and the whole reason why this book is good is because Jesse helped me to take my PT-centered language and thoughts and distill them down into language that patients can understand. Now, if you read some of the descriptions in the interstitial cystitis solution about pain science and how the brain-bladder-pelvic floor connection gets disrupted, some of that language in there is not necessarily technically correct. And I even, in that sense, had anxiety about putting that out in a book, but it does take work to be able to distill something down from what we know into patient-centered language, and it's super important. And with Instagram, it's even that much more difficult because it's short form, right? So but that helps patients the most and it helps us to communicate with patients better. So if we cannot have the same scrutiny that we would have for a patient-centered Instagram post that we would have for another long-form content thing, even patient-focused, but then for sure the same scrutiny doesn't need to apply to somebody that would be a colleague to a colleague type of, of publication. So I just wanted to point that out there that that it is difficult. We're not saying that this is easy to do, but it certainly shouldn't be met with criticism from our colleagues 
in the pelvic PT field specifically when the goal is to educate patients. One of the things that you said I loved, Nicole, is that Instagram is for hashtags and not citations. Yes. I was like, ah, that's why it's not citations at the bottom there. It's just hashtags. Yes. It's like, what is the category that this post is talking about? It's not the freaking journal article that you can't even click on on Instagram, by the way. If you're doing that and you're putting down like links to journal articles on Instagram, no one cares. There's not even a, literally not even a mechanism to be able to do that unless you put it in your link tree or whatever in your bio. So seriously, no need for that. Okay. Especially not, do you think a patient is really going to go look at that citation and be like, Oh, read the evidence. There might be a small subset of people that are doing that, but honestly, that just can create a lot more anxiety for them anyways. Right. That's clearly for other pelvic PTs and not for patients. And this is something that I think that, you know, and the thing is, is that we all lose with this. Like nobody feels great after any of these interactions, at least nobody that I've met. Like we certainly don't. No. Like this is a cause, as you guys heard in those comments, for anxiety over posting, over anger, or over broken relationships, over a lack of confidence in what you're doing, feeling like you're perseverating. I mean, I think we've all had that feeling of, oh, somebody, and you know, we even felt it a little bit and it's nice now we've, we've been online now long enough. We have enough confidence in what we're doing and saying when that person who started this original thing said that we just basically without thought fired back. Like, yeah, I'm not providing evidence for that. If you want to go look for evidence for that, there's a thing called Google Scholar. Like, do your own research. Yeah, you know, we've gotten this a lot too on even like things that are clearly from evidence. Other pelvic PTs are like, what's the evidence for that, right? So when I talk about 89% of people with interstitial cystitis have pelvic floor dysfunction, like, you guys, I didn't make up that statistic. I mean, (laughs) that would be a pretty, like you know, obscure number to come up with. And so I get DMs all the time being like, well, what publication is that from? It's like, I don't know, freaking look it up. Well, I do know actually, but I'm not going to freaking hand feed it for you. If you're that interested in the evidence for that, you should go and look it up and not on the post be like, I don't, where is that from? Da, 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 as if I'm like making it up. Or if you're curious about it, Nicole's mentorship rate is $400 an hour. Yeah. You're welcome to learn about all of it there. Seriously. If you're that curious, yeah. <laughs> pony up. Anyways, but the point being, right, is that in a patient-centered post that is supposed to be getting more awareness around pelvic floor physical therapy that can help a multitude of conditions for a million different symptoms then we need to meet those posts with a little bit more grace when we're doing colleague to colleague type of interactions. All right. Yes. And we want to just think about what this actual, this culture that we've created. And the good news is, this is a culture that we can change. At least that's why we're doing this. Like that's what we're passionate about. We believe it. We can create. I mean, we, the, the culture around this is us. Like we are all contributing to that. So Is it possible to have an incredibly supportive, empowering pelvic PT community where people aren't feeling anxious, aren't feeling afraid to put something out, aren't feeling attacked, or aren't feeling attacking? Because it can't feel good to be the person going around writing what's the evidence for that either. You're just creating all of these (laughs) fights for yourself and things that are producing anxiety in your life. So we just want to think, though, about, I keep going back to this chilling effect, because I think it's doing a lot of damage to our ability to educate patients. It is preventing people, as we're seeing, from posting at all. It's making people take 
hours and hours. We see this in our group. One of the biggest challenges is how do we post on Instagram t- with time efficiency? And so even if you are posting now, maybe it's taking you an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. Days. Going back and forth on a post like, ooh, should I say that? What's the language around that, right? Where if you weren't afraid, you could have finished that post in 15 minutes and just said what you wanted to say and put yourself out there. So that's another big piece. We're, we're not putting out content at all. We're putting out way less content that we could be that could educate patients. And then we are either watering down our content or we're making it just so mundane. It's not even useful. And I don't want to point any fingers about this because we did this at Pelvic Sanity for a while. Totally. Where, you know, it's so much easier then instead of feeling like you have to go and research this well-documented post and have evidence and be prepared to back it up and be ready to fight. What does everybody do instead? Happy Monday. Anybody else have a case of the Mondays? Hey, Thursday's almost Friday and Friday's almost the weekend. Who's excited for the weekend? Right, or a picture of a cute cat. You know, in fact, I'm on the communications committee for the Interstitial Cystitis Association. And this is also an area for, for them in a different way that, that they're struggling with their online presence as well. Because they're so afraid to put anything out there about interstitial cystitis for fear that someone else is going to be like, ah, that's wrong or that's not for me and all that stuff. We end up, I mean, one of the things I even said in one of our meetings was like, have you guys looked at the posts you guys are putting out? It's like pictures of cats. Cats <laughs> cats, and empty toilet paper rolls. Yeah. and It's I was- like everybody can agree that people with IC have to go to the bathroom long enough. We probably aren't going to get in trouble for putting out a picture of a finished toilet paper roll. Yeah. And that, again, that's a different audience and a different thing. But what it, But when you have fear about what an audience is going to do or even a tangential audience is going to do on your social media post, then you end up posting insignificant things. And that is where, you know, I think that either you don't post at all or you post some insignificant things that might be getting a lot of likes but aren't actually moving our field forward and and doing what we all set out to do on social which is educating patients about the benefits of our subspecialty so and this is not to point any fingers or say what anybody's post should be. If you're a big fan of cat videos, like, God bless you. I'm a big fan of watching cat videos. So uh, we'll, we'll probably get along, right? But this is where, where we want everybody to feel comfortable putting out their authentic and real selves and educating patients without fear of anxiety of basically being stabbed in the back by a colleague. And if we think that that is really, this is where it's like we need to And we'll talk about this little myth that we have that we need to be that evidence police because that is doing, I think, so much more harm than good. If we look at the huge scope, even if we said that, oh, there are some posts that we disagree with and some posts that we should publicly disagree with, I think that's actually debatable. But the negative effect it's having on all of us, both personally in our anxiety and anger and frustration over this and professionally in what we're actually putting out for patients it dwarfs anything that we're doing that's positive by commenting on each other's posts. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up. So I hope, though, that this is helping you guys at least see the scope and that it's not just you. It's been us. It still is us from time to time where it's like, what do we really want to say? And I think fortunately, we've really moved past that. But there was a time for us, just to be honest with you guys, that I really didn't like our pelvic sanity Instagram. It was just like, you know what? It's just another picture of 
a happy person and wishing everybody the best or saying <laughs> gratitude. Holding a flower and right. like walking and like this weird kind of mate. Where is this lady in the background? She's just kind of walking on clouds. <laughs> it's like. Right. And then the caption is something like, have a good Tuesday. And so, you know, we made the deliberate decision that we were going to put ourselves out there more, that we were going to share things that we thought our community needed to hear. And that's still a daily struggle to do. But I will tell you, I'm so much more proud of the content we're putting out now because we've made that decision. And I, I 100% believe that it's starting better conversations with patients. It is getting more people across the country to find a local pelvic PT. It's doing the things that we actually want to do. And that's the thing that I just want everybody to feel comfortable with. And that's why I think it's so important to have these conversations and try to change this culture where we can feel like we're putting out our authentic selves. We don't have to all agree with everybody else, which is another big point. There's not one right way to be a great pelvic PT. So somebody who has a yoga focus, put out your yoga stuff. Somebody who has a biofeedback focus, you know how Nicole feels about that, but go ahead, put out about biofeedback. If that's what you believe and you're proud of it, there's not a right answer for Instagram and we should be embracing the diversity of opinion and the diversity of thought that we have in this field while still empowering and building each other up. 100%. I just can't agree enough, honestly. And just know, you guys, that like it's okay to have a dud post. <laughs> yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like not all of our posts are like winners all the time anyways. Sometimes they're duds, you know? Even the ones we think are going to be great. I think that's still the funniest thing about Instagram to me is that I put out something that's like, oh, man. I see Nicole do something. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to go nuts for that. Crickets. Crickets. And then something that's like It's super... like two likes. Two yeah. likes. And one of them's from your mom. And it's <laughs> like, ooh. And then all of a sudden, it's like something that was like, eh, I just had this kind of idea. I'm going to put that out there. Honestly, like this is where talking about this came from is that it was kind of a, a little bit of a throwaway post of like, we were frustrated. We've been seeing this for so long. Put that out. I didn't think that necessarily it was going to resonate the way that it did with like hundreds of people saying, yeah, the evidence police are after me too. Yeah. I don't know. So bottom line though is that just put your shit out there. That's number one. Put your stuff out there, right? Especially if it's going to help patients. Number two, if you are, we can all practice a little bit more of the keep scrolling method sometimes. Yes. We call this the KSM. So when you come to something you really disagree with, something that really makes your blood boil, the first technique we teach is the KSM keep scrolling method. Guys, because no matter how much you don't like the way that somebody set a post, The Rock probably has a shirtless picture, a couple more pictures down. So just Just keep keep scrolling. scrolling. Like I guarantee you the payoff is going to be worth it. But I mean, really guys, as we talk about having more grace for each other's posts, is this something that, man, I just don't necessarily like the way that they articulated something, right? Okay, great. Let's go ahead. This is where the the next thing we want to say, if you're not going to keep scrolling, go and make your own post. And put out more content where you're actually putting out positive information into the world. Instead of trying to tear down somebody else's work, go and do the work yourself. It's going to be the same amount of time. Like, I'm sure that person who commented on our post that started all of this off with, what's the evidence for that? And then we commented, there was like a thread of like four messages, right? But between the time of actually writing those and checking back to make sure whether we had done it and then perseverating over what to say and then editing it all, you could have just done your own post about... Most people during pregnancy could use pelvic PT. 
Great. Perfect. You corrected us. Problem solved. Now it's out there, right? But honestly, this is where use that as fuel. And one of the great examples was when Nicole was talking about biofeedback a little bit more. And, you know, you put out something about, you know, you don't necessarily feel that biofeedback is usually the best use of time. There's people out there who extensively use biofeedback and somebody saw your post, liked it, and actually went and created their own post about why they do feel biofeedback's a a good Yeah, and actually a few pelvic PTs. You know, it's funny to see like the a couple of days later, things trickle out and it's like, oh, that person did some posts on Kegels and that person did a post on biofeedback. And and that's fine, right? Because it wasn't negative on mine. It was, it turned it into what do they think and they can post it on theirs, right? And I went ahead and I freaking liked and praised their posts on that as well. So it's like, cool, because we're all having patients' best interests at heart at the yes. end of the day. And so, and then we're going to dive into a little bit more in the next couple of weeks, some action items to do for that. We're going to actually dive in a little deeper into what about the evidence for posts and what we should be doing for social media. What, what evidence should we have behind what we say on things for that kind of stuff? So I hope you guys are liking this, but I do want to just end on this is that just remember everybody that we're not just talking here about this chilling effect on everybody as like, oh, well, they're just not going to post on social media, right? It's not about the social media post. It's about the chilling effect it has on the desire to educate patients. And that is really where I want you all to understand that when we're doing that to each other, you're not helping just stop the Instagram post that you don't want out. It's actually making people fearful and not wanting to educate patients. People have literally said that both publicly and in my DMs about, I just don't even want to be on social media and because I'm afraid of my other PT colleagues because of this culture. And then they're not going to educate patients for that. And that is something that for the whole growth of the field, we cannot have. Yes, that is the biggest takeaway here of of the depth and scope of this problem, of this chilling effect, how it is harmful to every single one of us. And so this is going to be the challenge over this week, over the next few weeks as we talk about this and going forward is we cannot, Nicole and I cannot change a culture ourselves. So this is going to be incumbent upon you guys, listeners of this Pelvic PT Rising podcast, people who follow, people who you know, don't even like what we have to say about anything else, but would really like a more supportive and empowering community. So this is on us to stop this kind of behavior, to respectfully push back on it when we do see it, to come to the support of our friends and colleagues when they're experiencing it, and to together change this culture because it is something that is 100% holding our field back. I cannot stress enough how, how strongly I believe that, that, that one of the reasons that pelvic PT has grown so much and so fast over the 15 years that Nicole has been in the field is because of all of the great education that pelvic PTs are doing directly to patients. And Instagram and Facebook are platforms for that that didn't exist 15 years ago that provide the ability for us to educate and speak directly to patients. And we have this amazing tool and we're not using it because we're afraid of what our own colleagues are going to say. And so this is something I hope you guys are as fired up about this as we are. We're going to be talking about some very practical tips for doing this in the coming weeks. 
But just starting now, just be aware of this. Let's see what we can each individually do to start changing this culture and make a more supportive, more empowering online community as we rise together. So if you guys have questions about this, if you guys want to discuss, please reach out to Nicole, slide into her DMs, send us an email, but we do want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.